Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster for CBS Sports. Today, we have a bit of breaking news that we need to discuss. U.S. soccer and the United States women's national team reach agreement over equal pay disputes, and we are going to get into things Man, we're just celebrating. I feel a lot of historic things here just in, in this last month, Lisa. It's a, it's a lot. How you how you doing today? We are celebrating so much. I mean, first it happened at the club level in the NWSL, getting a CBA ratified Trinity Rodman, right? Making history with a million dollar contract as rookie of the year from 2021. And now this happening on yeah. the international level with the U.S. Soccer Federation. I mean, this is huge news. Heck of a way to start our Tuesday morning. Yes. Sandra, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm, you know, it's always a fun opportunity, I think, for us to be able to sit down and sort of uh, talk about breaking news, react to breaking news and sort of have a place here where we can kind of have everything all encompassed where folks can point to and say, what happened? Let me just mm -hmm. go here real quick. You can, uh, you know, a quick reminder for everyone, you can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. You can join us live always whenever we want to do breaking news at YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash Attacking Third. But big, big news and big, big day. I'm not too sure many folks saw this coming uh, because this settlement has really been years, mm -hmm. years and years and years in the making. Maybe let's go back to... 2016, Lisa, it's, it's been in, in place since, since then, really. It really has. I mean, six years these players have been fighting this fight and, and three years since the case was actually brought into the court in 2019. But that is where it all starts. I mean, even when you look back at today, I mean, today it is Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan really being the face of this change on the player side of things. But way back in 2016, it was a different group of players. Hope Solo, Carly Lloyd, uh, Becky Sauerbronn leading that fight along with Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan, two players that are uh, one of the final few still playing. And that was ahead of the World Cup. But this fight was originally started in 2016 by these players. They That's when they first filed an Equal Employment Opportunity Commission complaint for the United States women's national team over the inequality in pay and treatment between the men's side and the women's side. And there's been a lot of ups and downs since 2016 over these last several, several years. And I think you said it perfectly right, Sandra. It all kind of tied up in a bow very quickly at the end of it. It's almost like, 
okay, we, we, the deadline is coming by the end of March. Uh, let's get this out there and let's make this news possible and happen. Um, and, and everything really coming to fruition this morning, but it's still not done yet. So let's kind of break it down. Like what happened today and what still needs to happen for this, the players. Yeah, absolutely. So this this settlement with U.S. soccer, it's for a total of, of 24 million in terms of the pay discrimination lawsuit. So it's almost like sort of broken up into two parts, right? It's yeah. a 22 million payout sort of, a you know, that's going to eventually be determined by the players how that gets paid out. But U.S. soccer is also committing to a two million dollar fund, which would sort of be something that, you know, players can continue to maybe dip into for charitable purposes. Right. Players can apply for this up to fifty thousand dollars. So altogether, summarizing in, in $24 million. And it's just, you know, sort of seeing these numbers, I think at first glance, you're kind of like, whoa, like, how is that? Like, how did U.S. soccer agree to this, you know, and or, or, or why? Or like, how is this? You know, there's always going to be naysayers out there. It's like, you know, where is this money, you know, coming from, et cetera. But that was part of the ongoing back and forth, right, between yeah. these two sides, the, you know, U.S. soccer, you know, talking about, hey, initially in these early stages of this lawsuit saying that that's not something that we are able to, to meet you on. That's not that that would bankrupt us. Right. This is not something that uh, we can maybe sort of come come halfway. And then, you know, the, the women's national team taking a look at their their record as a winning uh, you know team is uh, going out there constantly raising the bar. But not only that equating that to su that success on the pitch to actual dollars right yes. uh, within these major tournaments in which they're they're winning and collecting titles and gold medals etc uh it's uh it, it was it felt historic just sort of reading those numbers and the fact that within this these numbers right these 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 million dollar numbers that yes the settlement is contingent on a ratification of uh, a CBA, you know, eventually, but I don't think an agreement like this comes to life without those conversations already happening and then good faith negotiations, uh, you know, going on right now at this moment. I think that's exactly right. Uh, this is almost like uh, the door has been unlocked and now the players get to walk through the door and have those conversations about a CBA because that wasn't possible before with this lawsuit going on. And that was really right. the biggest obstacle standing in the player's way from negotiating a CBA with the U.S. Soccer Federation. Um, you mentioned the $24 million payout from U.S. Soccer Federation. Initially, the players asked for $66 million, which is, I mean, $24 million is a huge payout yeah. uh, and 22 going to the players. Uh, but originally they asked for $66 million, which seems like a bit of a discrepancy, but that's what all these negotiations were about. That's what the last three years in and out of meetings, that's what they were talking about, what each side was willing to compromise and negotiate on in order to come to an agreement. Um, and Alex Morgan actually talked about that, about how they asked for $66 million, um, but then they decided on the $24 million amount. And Morgan said that she got full payback on everything non-World Cup bonuses, which is really huge for those players. Despite winning a handful of World Cups and being a very successful team over the last few years, um, it, it really came down to looking forward. And these players, specifically Alex Morgan, even Megan Rapinoe, 
they maybe could have continued this fight a little bit longer and asked for more money based on their success they had in the past. But these players decided to stand together and look towards the future of soccer for women in the United States and playing in the U.S. Soccer Federation. And they chose that this was something they were willing to compromise on, all of their past success and what they should be paid for um, in order to agree on equal pay moving forward for the future of the sport, which I think is a huge, huge point to kind of, make that these players could could have continued to fight and there wouldn't have been a settlement today if they were nitpicking and trying to get everything that they deserved over the last few years but instead they they laid down their armor and decided that they were going to really pay it forward to the future generations um which is something that Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan talked about when they went on Good Morning America this morning on Tuesday morning when the news broke they said that this is for the future this is for oh, yeah. future generations and and really it starts now now they are on equal playing field with the men's side and they can move forward uh, which is huge huge to just think about how selfless these players were to go through all this fight and just to say, we're doing it for the future. That's crazy. Well, well it's like dangerous almost, right? Yeah. You know, you're talking about when well, we're looking at sort of the timeline of things and how things sort of float out, you know, even going all the way back to 2016 and then pushing forward into 2019, just the concept, right. To sort of wrap your head around that, that uh, a women's national team is in an open lawsuit with their Mm -hmm. employers while they're going out there in a world cup and doing what they did and just sort of really taking that international stage by storm going all the way to lift the world cup in the end during 2019. And, and we heard coming out of those, those celebrations, right. And celebrating that 2019 world cup at the time with U S soccer president, Carlos Cordero about, Hey, like maybe this is going to be that jump off point with all this constant back and forth to finally get in to these uh, rooms and, and hash something out, but it just didn't necessarily pan out that way, which maybe brings in, you know, uh, current president Cindy Parlo-Conan into the spotlight a little bit with this, right? Because there was an attempt to try to, to hear, uh, from, from players, uh, judges who ruled in favor of U.S. soccer versus the players, right? Setbacks that had to, to take place. And we heard from players, uh, you know, and their, and their representation and lawyers that it was a difficult process that there were moments of, uh, the two sides just not getting together and not even coming into meetings to sort of try to hash things out for Sidney Parlo Cone, current U.S. soccer Federation president, but also a player, herself once upon a time we're talking about an era in which maybe something like this uh this settlement today possibly wasn't even you know couldn't even been dreamt of right you know in terms of uh, the generation of players that uh that she's coming from but this is like we're, we're sort of seeing the the breaking news that came out on it the the joint statement right that was released uh you know in 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 line with both u.s soccer and the United States Women's National Team Players Association, uh, they're celebrating it. This is being touted as a victory uh, for for people on both sides of the spectrum here. And to sort of have, uh, yes, you know, an Alex Morgan and a Megan Rapino doing, you know, doing these crazy yeah. early AM hits, right, on 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 all kinds of morning shows. It it it's not surprising to hear somebody like Megan Rapino, like you mentioned, say that this is actually not just wasn't just a fight for us but it was for the next 
generation. It's very, um, it almost sort of feels a little bit full circle to sort of see somebody like an Alex Morgan or somebody like a Megan Rapino or even, you know, a Kristen Press or Jessica McDonald who were big parts, uh, you know, and figures in, in these, in these moments and in these negotiations where they are part of that generation at one point where they heard a lot about, Hey, we're fighting this fight so that you don't have to fight this fight. And then we're seeing again, these players, Morgan, you know, Pino press that they're now in those positions too of like, Hey, we also have this opportunity to do this and we want to make sure that, no one else has to have a similar fight. So I think maybe, yes, the the numbers can maybe be something that people get fixated on. But I think the concept of like reaching a settlement for a large lump sum, right? Adjacent to what they ultimately were fighting for, equal pay moving forward. That is going to be something that is in place now. Yes, it's truly the the mantra of leave the game better than you found it. And that's what these players are doing. After this news broke on, on Twitter and social media, former players uh, like Heather O'Reilly just putting out their sentiments of how happy and proud they are of, of how far this has come. Um, Sandra, you mentioned U.S. Soccer Federation President Cindy Parlow Cohn and how the relationship between the players and the federation hasn't been that great. And this is really a turning point for that to kind of start to mend those relationships and hopefully get on really good terms. Because if your employer and your employees are on the same page, they respect each other and they agree with each other, it makes for a better situation hands down. And that's the direction that these players are heading in. But to have the equal pay, um, so, so huge. I mean, it, it's it's going forward now for anything that the teams are involved in, whether it's friendlies, whether it's tournaments, even the World Cup, it's that to have that basis is just fantastic. And so, uh, I mean, that's the next step, right? To, yeah. to have equal pay between the men's and the women's side moving forward. And, and now that this settlement has been approved between the two sides, now a new CBA gets to be the discussion and the central focus point for these two sides. And once that happens, then there's final approval through the courts and then yeah. this settlement payout happens. So this is really yeah. the first step that the players don't get to reap the benefits of until that CBA is approved. Um, but I mean, this is a huge step in the right directions and a celebration that these players should be celebrating. And then it's almost like, okay, yeah. let's work on the CBA because the fight is not done. <laughs> the work is never done. It feels like it, but uh, I think that that's sort of the ethic, right? That sort of has uh, been the the foundation for the breakthrough of, of something like uh, this news today. And of course we had to hop on here and celebrate it. It's been a big, it feels like it's been a very big month, right? When it comes to American women's soccer. In this, this country. We've been busy. We've been, We've been busy. busy. Lisa, we started off this, this month celebrating the CBA for the NWSL players. Right. And then now we're looking at this, this huge settlement between us soccer and the United States women's national team to sort of close out the month. It's almost like this uh, it's very refreshing, right? I think from maybe some other things that we were, uh, talking about uh, in the in the prior year, so it's uh, it's exciting to come on here and chat about it with you. We've got more in the works, so we are going to have an interview with U.S. Soccer Federation President Cindy Parlo Cohn. Thank you all for joining us in our reactions to the settlement between U.S. Soccer and United States Women's National Team over the equal pay dispute. You can stay right there, and we will be back, and you can watch. The interview with Cindy Parlocone coming up next.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Today marks a historic day in soccer history. A settlement has been reached between U.S. soccer and the U.S. women's national team that draws to an end a six-year legal battle between the two parties. The agreement will ensure equal pay for male and female players in U.S. soccer. It reads, in part, we have resolved our long-standing dispute over equal pay and proudly stand together in a shared commitment to advancing equality in soccer. And for more details on this agreement, U.S. soccer will pay $22 million to the players in the case as well as an extra $2 million into an account to benefit the US women's national team players in their post-career goals and charitable efforts related to women's and girls soccer. And for more on this monumental news, host of the Attacking Third podcast, Lisa Roman, former U.S. international Ali Wagner and president of U.S. Soccer Federation, Cindy Parlow-Cohn, join me now to discuss. Cindy, I want to start with you because, of course, you represent U.S. soccer in this conversation. How did we get here to the settlement and the agreement finally being reached? Um, after months and months and months of hard work, just bringing everyone to the table, you know, I think this is a momentous occasion. Uh, this settlement is a win for everyone. It's a win for U.S. soccer. It's a win for the players, women's sport, and women in general. Um, I just want to give a shout out to the players for their tireless work with me and trusting me and to pushing this over the finish line. Um, I know there's still a lot of work to do and continuing to rebuild the relationship with the women, um, but I'm fully committed to doing so, and I look forward to continuing to work with them. Cindy, you mentioned starting to rebuild that relationship with the players. I mean, it's had tension over the last few years. How does this agreement start to mend that relationship? Yeah, you know, I'll be the first to admit um, U.S. soccer's made mistakes in the past. And as a former player, I definitely understand that. Um, but I'm really proud of the work that we've been able to do together with the women on equal pay and what we're going to do moving forward. Um, and this is just one step towards rebuilding the relationship. I think it was really beneficial because the players know me. They trust me. They know my level of integrity. Um, so we were able to push this across the line together. Um, but this is a great, great accomplishment and I am so excited about the future of the game and working together with the women's players so we can really focus on growing the game um, both here at home and across the world um, and to do that hand in hand with our women's national team players would be great um, because not only are they the best players in the world they're the best ambassadors for our sport as well so doing this together with them is really important. 
Well, first, congrats, Cindy. I know you and I have both sat on the opposite side of the table in those negotiations. So this is a massive win. And I'm sure that it was one that maybe we never thought would would actually exist. So my question to you, you know, is looking forward, this agreement hinges on the CBAs getting done. And and we both know that FIFA is probably not likely to equalize prize money anytime in the near future. So how difficult is it going to be to get both the men's and the women's to agree, the programs to agree to the CBAs that this hinges upon? Yeah, with the CBAs, you know, both groups have come together. And so the Men's Players Association is sitting in on the Women's Players Association's negotiations and vice versa. Um, so we're really trying to be transparent to get to one structure for the contract. And now there can be differences based on what the teams need because they are different teams and they have different wants and needs. Um, but as long as both sides agree that they're still equal, we're fine with that as a federation. Um, the one challenge is what you said, Ali, is coming together and finding a way to equalize World Cup prize money. Um, but the men and the women in U.S. soccer are committed to coming together and finding a solution on that. Um, obviously, at the same time, uh, we will continue to encourage FIFA to equalize it uh, themselves. But until that time, we need the three different parties to come together to find a solution. Cindy, as you mentioned, you've got a unique perspective on this, you know, having seen it from both sides. But what has your reaction been like to everybody else's reaction? And do you think this really is now the start of a fresh chapter of what's to come? You know, I'm just so excited. Um, for me, this is about moving past this contentious, litigious relationship and really doing what we're supposed to be doing is growing the game um, and growing the game in all its forms. So participation, fandom, commercially, um, working with strategic partners. So um, moving past this and to not have this continuously hanging over our heads and this tension between the Federation and, and the women's team to put that aside and turn the page and to be able to look forward um, to actually really important things in growing the game, um, both here at home and, and and across the world, as I said before, for me, until every girl has the opportunity to play soccer that wants to, I will not rest. So um, this is one step in that direction. Um, and I think this is just a momentous moment for every little girl and every woman, um, whether they participate on the field, off the field or in, in, anywhere in the sports industry. I love seeing this new page being turned in the sport and it doesn't stop here. But for you personally, Cindy, you're currently up for U.S. Soccer Federation president reelection. What does having this settlement say about you as president? You know, I think what it says is that. I make decisions based on what's important, not based on on election time. Right. Um, I, I try to do the right thing all the time. And I think this gets done um, because I do have the trust of the players and they all know my level of integrity and, and how honest I am throughout the entire process. Um, and so for reelection, um, obviously, it's important to me. I want to continue to pour my heart and soul um, into soccer in this country and grow the game at every level. Um, and so I hope the people watching this see that this is a step in that direction and that this settling this case with the women's national team and moving forward with them um, helps every one of our members um, in terms of moving the game forward and growing the game. Cindy, I would just be curious then, like if we could pull back the curtains a bit and 
and get an understanding for what those conversations have been like with the players, knowing that you are a former player. How accepting were they of you initially? Were they wary of you? And then how has that relationship evolved? And, you know, you've talked about mending the bridge, but, you know, is there still a lot of work to be done in that regard? And how much is that trust real? Is it long term? Yeah, and I, I think I think there's still a lot of work to be done. Don't get me wrong, because this isn't just over the last few months that that this has happened. You know, it goes back many, many years um, in the distrust of the Federation. So for me to reach across the bridge as one of them, right, Ali, you and I were, <laughs> I was on that other side of the table not too long ago in my own type of equal pay fight. So I understood where they were coming from. Um, I have from the very beginning. And so I think they're, um, they could, re- they knew I could relate to them and understood them. Um, and just some of them have known me for years. So they know my level of integrity. They know that I can be trusted. So we had really open and transparent conversations, uh, which I think they really appreciated. They, and it's not that I always told them what they wanted to hear, but I was very open with them um, and, and trusted. And so they trusted me. So we could move this forward, but this was over many meetings um, together and then us going our separate ways and, and meeting with our different constituencies and coming back um, Um, and moving forward. And I just want to thank the players for working with me to get this across the line. Um, We all had a bunch of sleepless nights and and many, many thousands of hours of work to push this across. So um, I think we're in a good place. And as you said, Ali, there's still more work to do. Was the business side different when you walked in that door into the U.S. Soccer Federation than you imagined? You know, I think there's just a lot of moving parts. You have to remember when I came in as president, right, um, the legal filing that was so offensive um, had just been filed. So all of our sponsors were outraged. At least half the country was outraged. Um, And, oh, yeah, on top of it, we... Um, the country was just shutting down. The world was just shutting down due to COVID. So... um, so it was a business world that no one had ever seen before. <laughs> so to think that I would have expected that there was there was no chance. Um, but you know, I, I've spent the last uh, year and a half, two years of my my life pouring my heart and soul into riding the ship um, and making sure we're moving in a good direction and repairing relationships um, with the U.S. Soccer Foundation, with our players, with our sponsors. Um, so it has definitely been a challenge environment, but I really feel like we're moving in a good direction now and we have some momentum. Um, and I think this is just another one of those things that shows that um, U.S. soccer really wants to be a leader in, a, in many areas. Well, Cindy, it's been fantastic to have you with us today. We know that you've just been so busy, so we appreciate you joining us, bringing us the latest and congratulations to you as well on what has been such a historic day for soccer in general. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So great to hear from Cindy there, but I want to hear from you, Ali, because, of course, as a former player, I can imagine that you're feeling a lot of emotion today as well. Yeah, I mean, I kind of asked it of Cindy early on. I I didn't think that we would necessarily ever see this day. I mean, being a part of negotiations way back in 2004, 2005, after we won the Olympics and U.S. Soccer Federation had told us that they would go dark on us, that they would not schedule any games, because at that time, that was the only way we were paid is if we had games and friendlies to participate in. And so being on a different uh, or being in that negotiation and now 
you know, flash forward many, many years, I'm telling you how old I am, you know, the reality is we have equal pay finally. And and I do appreciate that she's saying, look, the men's and the women's programs are still different. So in the CBAs, there are going to be different needs that have to be filled. But there's recognition that wrong has been done in the past by U.S. soccer. And it does feel like this is this is massive. I mean, and I just wish that take me out of it. I wish you could get some of that, those funds, not that the players need it, but I wish you could, could go back to the torchbearers. Mm-hmm. I wish that Julie Foudy was on the receiving end of, of some of those funds. Christine Lilly, Brianna Scurry, you name it, Mia Hamm. Those players absolutely deserve you know, some of that financial reward. Of course, that's not the way the settlement will uh, land. But the reality is that those players really are the ones that put U.S. soccer on the map, fought for everything that these women had a chance to then fight for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is massive for this United, U.S. soccer family, I would say, especially on the women's side of the program, of course. Yeah, especially as well, like you said, mainly going to benefit the generations to come, Ali, in the future. Uh, Lisa, I want to ask you, though, because you're, of course, the host of our podcast here at CBS, very involved in social media. What has been the response been like so far to this news breaking this morning? The response has been overwhelmingly positive and happy. It's a celebration. I mean, even listening to Ali Wagner and Cindy talk about this, it's been such a long time coming. And former players on Twitter, you can see their responses. They're retweeting it, quote-treating it, saying how exciting they are and how it's really just the first step. I think that's been an overwhelming theme from the response after this announcement this morning is that this is a huge first step forward for United States Women's National Team and the U.S. Soccer Federation, but it doesn't stop here. Net comes next is the CBA and then continuing to grow and gain equal pay for both of these sides is so, so huge. But it's a celebration today Mm -hmm. in honor of all of the hard work and the tough conversations that have happened dating way back to 2016 when this was first brought up thanks to former players like Carly Lloyd and Becky Sauerbronn, part of those first initial conversations. Yeah, it's big news, isn't it, in soccer, no doubt. But Ali, do you think this really is a turning point now in women's sports in general? Yeah, great question, Poppy. I mean, the reoccurring theme has always been that this U.S. soccer program on the women's side has led the global game. Mm -hmm. And while we have seen some other federations step up and equalize pay before U.S. soccer, what I would say is I absolutely think this is a turning point uh, globally. When U.S. soccer gets this done, they've always been the leader in in women's football. And I, I think that this will push and other federations do the same but more likely embolden other players to step up and ask for the same and demand the same and that has been a reoccurring theme of this program and and i also believe there's an element you know i alluded to it before but u.s soccer does have some leverage as much as you know fifa is made up of over 200 different federations the reality is U.S. soccer should utilize that leverage to continue to push FIFA in the right direction to equalize, uh, you know, the award payment that comes out of FIFA and their investment overall, because that's what this is about, getting women into into football where they can make a living and making the global game accessible for not just all boys, but all women as well, girls. 
this changes the future of the sport overall, and hopefully it's a trickle-down effect to other nations and other federations around the world, all the way down to the youth systems in, in putting more money and equal money in the youth boys' sides and the youth girls' sides of soccer so that these players can grow up with equal opportunity, knowing that they can compete at the highest level and be treated equally and fairly amongst their male counterparts. Yeah, absolutely. It's a monumental day, isn't it? And one that is sure going to be a celebration. And a reminder that you can watch the U.S. women's national team in action tomorrow night in the She Believes Cup. They're looking to keep things rolling after their 5-0 win against New Zealand when they welcome Iceland to Toyota Stadium. And for more on women's soccer, a reminder, you definitely need to check out the Attacking Third podcast with our very own Lisa Roman and Sandra Herrera. But a reminder, the U.S. in action tomorrow night against Iceland at 9 p.m. Eastern. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.